welcome back to From the Word Ghost, a paranormal podcast for believers and skeptics alike. I'm your host, AJ, and as your believer, I bring a brand new story each week to try and convince my skeptic co host, Jamie. That's me! Of all things paranormal. <laughs> We're going to get the timing right on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good, man. How's your week been? It's shit. It's no, just it's been tiring, isn't it? You've been away. You've had a good time. Uh, yeah, I have. I've been to Northern Ireland. The land of the freezing cold hills, apparently, man. <laughs> right, this week, we're going to take a step away from haunted houses and witches, and I know that's going to disappoint you, Jay. Oh, man, I, I do love me a witch. You do love a witch. But this week, we're diving into mythology, something we haven't necessarily ventured into yet. Yeah, I, I mean, this is great. I mean, you give me real ghost stories, quotation marks, real ghost stories, <laughs> real... <laughs> haunted houses to make me a believer but now you've gone fuck it let's go for mythology which ha- <laughs> literally, literally has the word myth in it <laughs> yeah that's gonna make me a believer dude yeah let's do it today we are looking into the mythical spirit of a dibbuk originating in hebrew mythology a dibbuk a hebrew verb for a deer or cling is a malicious possessing spirit dislocated from a dead being's soul Often believed that the soul is separated and doomed to restlessly wander until finding a suitable host due to its former sins. Man, I thought my shoulder dislocation was painful. <laughs> a soul dislocation. <laughs> that sounds like shit. agony, bro. Yeah, uh, that's, that's one trip to A&E that will not help. <laughs> the doctors are not sorting <laughs> that one out. After completing its goal, whatever that may be, it leaves the body of those that it has possesses or leaves from exorcism. We all love an exorcism, Jay. What? Anna Eklund got you good. Yeah, that was a good exorcism, man. I just wondering, like, what are some of these goals? Are, are we talking about, like, <laughs> the, the ghoul has a bucket list? Like, We'll lose 15kg by New Year. <laughs> yeah. We'll have Beachbody ready by summer 23. We'll go swimming with dolphins next year. <laughs> we'll visit the pyramids. Like, what sort of shit are we talking about here? In the 16th, 17th century, those experiencing nervous mental disorders were taken to a miracle-working rabbi who was believed to hold the power to expel the harmful dibbuk through a religious rite of exorcism. Isaac Luria, a mystic, after years of study in transmigration of souls where he states that a soul could continue to self-perfect thus laying the groundworks of the mythological Dybbuk. Traditionally, a Dybbuk is a male spirit which possessed women the night before their weddings in a sexual manner, often entering the women via their vaginas. Jesus Christ! <laughs> male spirits are goddamn perverse, <laughs> brother! Get in there good, man. You leave my butthole alone, Dybbuk! Take Aaron's peachy little bum! That's fine, but you leave mine alone! This was... This was displayed during a play written by S. Ansky, a Yiddish theatre enthusiast. The Dybbuk, it was called. Very original. I know. I'm going to write a play exactly about this. And you know what I'm going to call it? The Dybbuk. I'm going to name it exactly after what I'm doing. In more recent years, if a person of Jewish faith believes themselves to be possessed by such a being... Rabbis will often suggest psychiatric assistance rather than attempting a form of exorcism. I think that's like the most rational thing we've heard on the podcast. <laughs> Less exorcisms, more psychiatric help. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a motto I want to live mean, by. Like episode two, we had like the the geezer that was exercising Anna Eklund, and um, and he was like straight away just like you're cursing into the chokey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not going to church. 
you you've got to be possessed. Yeah, we've got to do an exorcism. But don't not you, only one, but two. <laughs> don't you think that this opposes the views of a believer, though? Like when even the rabbi's like, uh, you, you don't need an exorcism. You just need mental yeah, health. Yeah, I think I think um, as as the years have gone on, and obviously people can't deny certain things or rely on the faith yeah. for certain things anymore. I think the rabbis and and priests and all of that are sort of pressured into. Get get help before we start doing exorcisms because okay. exorcisms in some in some cases can be quite harmful Very and it's often yeah. often a last resort and there's a lot of proof that needs to go into having an exorcism approved by I'm not sure what a rabbi's version of a pope is or or what have you but normally there's a lot of lot of stuff that needs to be laid out before they'd even consider it yeah fair enough okay that's a good answer yeah get in. <laughs> Most of you have probably already heard the word Dybbuk, but probably refer to the story of the Dybbuk box. The most famous story of a Dybbuk box dates back to 2003, when a small box was purchased on eBay. The box was listed as a Dybbuk haunted Jewish wine cabinet, and was owned by the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor, brought from Spain at the end of World War II. The listing also stated that the box was cursed and was never to be opened, those who did so would be cursed by the Dybbuk that haunted the box. Right, so I personally wouldn't <laughs> buy it. Like, but why would you buy it if you don't intend to open it? It's like buying a toy that you can't play with because <laughs> it's collectible. It's like, fuck it, open that Power Ranger up. <laughs> Baby, it's there to be played who with. Who cares what it's going to be worth in 20 years? Dybbuks don't uh, <laughs> don't increase in value over years. Yeah, man. that's like, a, that's a depreciating a- asset, baby. <laughs> Open that box up. Oh. I'm not buying a Pokedex not to fucking catch no, them all. I'm saying. And this guy's going to catch all them demons with his <laughs> demon box. The buyer's name was Ayaf Minit. I fucking yeah, winced when I saw that <laughs> yeah. name. Yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> the the yeah. buyer's name was Eof Minchki for $140, but was quickly put back on the auction site shortly after receiving the cabinet. However, much to his discomfort... Minchki's roommate, Haxton, purchased the box for $280. What follows can only be described as 20 years of misfortune. Great prank. Like, <laughs> that's some great roommate that bullshit. That is some shit that you would do to me. Yeah. Like, oh, is this box haunting you, is it? You yes. just send it off and then the next day you find it back on your bed. You're like, imagine the fucking fear. <laughs> that's some Annabelle shit when I exactly. chuck it in the, in the dumpster and then it's like, oh, I'm here again. You've got a demon, man. You've got a dickhead roommate. That's what's all worse, this is. What's worse is Haxton probably spent his rent money on the fucking, yeah. <laughs> on the fucking yeah, box. Exactly. It just messes both of them up. So like, oh, an eviction note it must be the box yeah, or Haxon's a fucking piece of shit roommate <laughs> despite prior warnings stated on the original eBay listing Haxon chose to open a box and began to experience a tidal wave of bad luck once he opened a box he saw numerous things stored inside those being a brass goblet two locks of hair 1920s pennies a dried rose a candle as well as a statue that had Hebrew scripture carved into it Haxton, soon after opening the box, started to experience sharp, agonising pain in his abdomen and feel very ill, with doctors not being able to diagnose what was wrong with him. Hello, Mr. Paxton. Dr. Deeks here. Let me have a look at your chart. Oh, oh, yes. It looks like you've experienced a dislocation. Oh, what? My rib? Oh, it was one of my ribs dislocated. No, no! Soul dislocation! (laughs) 
You are fucked, friend. So, Mr. Haxon, when you opened this Dybbuk box, did you eat the candle that was in Because <laughs> that would explain why you need to shit. It smelled so good. It smelled like lavender it and, was, and honey. It was cupcake flavour. How could you not? I don't read Hebrew, but I'm sure it says eat me. It says delicious. <laughs> Things got worse for Haxton. Every night he had dreams of an old lady, an old hag he used to say, describing her as frail and with sunken eyes, who would follow him and torment him throughout his dreams. When these dreams began to become too much for Haxton, he sought out the advice of a local rabbi. The rabbi told him to enclose the box in a gold-lined wooden container. And luckily, the rabbi happened to sell one himself! <laughs> At just 500 pounds, you can rid of your demons you know in this I mean? gold box. God damn, Rabbi, we're not all as fucking rich as you, man. A gold line like, box. Yeah, cheers. Recession happening right now. 2003, man. No one's got money for a gold line fucking box. Doing so, Haxton reported that the illness and the dreams had stopped. Haxton decided to tell his world story, starting a website to express his experience with the paranormal box. Hollywood quickly snapped this up. And over years, many horror movies have been created branching off of this story. After years of publicity, a man called Kevin Manis steps forward on social media. The original Dibbit box was my creation. I originally listed this item, and I challenge anyone to find a Dibbit box prior to this in history. If you do so, I will have your name tattooed on my head and pay you $100,000. Haxon acknowledged that Manis could have created this box, but also claimed Manis cursed the box himself, using ancient Jewish mysticism and it got out of his control. The box was later purchased by Zach Bagans, paranormal investigator in 2016. The box now resides in his paranormal museum in Las Vegas. It is listed as one of the most haunted items on earth and is monitored routinely. Bagan claims that his box holds a power of pure evil and that it has hospitalised some visitors that have been in its vicinity. There is more to this box than the story has been told. Its story is still writing itself, Bagan claims. Post Malone, singer, rapper, has experienced firsthand the power of the Dybbuk box. He states that upon visiting the museum, he got too close to the box later reporting a string of unfortunate events such as his private jet being grounded and being involved in a bad car accident soon after. You know what? If I was a demon, I'd haunt someone like Post Malone too. Imagine the life he has. Like, You know what I mean? What a person to possess. It's got to be like one of the most exciting lives you could have. Oh, the music doesn't want to go off. <laughs> I bet the demon can't even keep up. Imagine, though, you fucking... <laughs> what luck. Be I've like, I've possessed this motherfucker. He's a millionaire. <laughs> I'm not letting this one go, boys. I bet I already sat on that jet just like, God damn. <laughs> I've done it. I've done what Caviar, all Caviar, please, please hostess. <laughs> Later tonight, I'm going to perform in front of thousands. You struck the Dibbuk lottery, brother. <laughs> you know, fucking A. Post Malone's there at eight in the morning playing guitar. I thought with- his last album was a bit depressing. <laughs> <laughs> really depressing it's a good point man I don't want to the demons Fucking, just got into the, the demons song just a sad boy just a very just sad poor boy poor Jewish sad boy <laughs> so from Jewish mythology plays potential eBay hoax and like Hollywood recognition what are your thoughts on the Dybbuk box first of all and your thoughts on this particular box 
Uh, I think it's all bullshit, to be honest with you. <laughs> I would. <laughs> not Dybbuk in general. Not saying Dybbuk in general. I just think the box... Yeah, the box is... It's very I knew fishy, it wouldn't right? reel you in. It's I really knew it wouldn't reel you in. It's the guy, like, the confidence that you've got to have to say, if you can find this box anywhere in history, I'll give you a hundred grand... And I'll tattoo your name on my forehead. The confidence you've got to have to do something like that. To be that, fair, to me, rules I don't think out. the geezer's got a hundred grand if I'm... Yeah, but <laughs> that's what I mean. Beside the point. Like, right, okay, take the hundred grand out. I'm not getting anyone's name tattooed on my body, let alone on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> to have that amount of confidence, to have the big balls to do that. <laughs> big cojones. Big cojones yeah, to do I, that. I, I mean... Yeah, I like the idea of Dybbuk and it's it's very much so the Jewish form of like a succubus or an incubus in, in the sense that it possesses in a sexual manner. Yeah, and I'm not poo-pooing the law completely. I'm just saying this particular this particular case. I mean, when, when someone comes out straight away and it's like it's a hoax, yeah. you know, it doesn't really help the argument, not especially the original seller. Well, he claims that he's the original seller anyway. I'm not sure if there was any proof there to say that he was and that's something we should look into but as i said the fact that he's egging people on to do the research and presumably no one has called him out on it presumably he's not walking around with like gray grin <laughs> on his forehead <laughs> do you know what I mean? he's a hundred grand down and he's got fucking steven tattooed on his forehead <laughs> just sat there in a fucking cardboard box because he can't afford rent anymore. <laughs> Oh, I spent my last penny on this tattoo. Uh, Steven, why are you doing me so wrong? (laughs) Obviously, like the Post Malone thing. We know, we've watched videos about Post Malone. We watched interviews leading up to this. We know that he believes. Like his crew were saying, whenever they go somewhere, if there's a haunted place in the location, they will go there because of how into it he is. He said even he's got a bunk and he would let this Zach guy live in the bunk. <laughs> you know. How much more into ghosts do you have to yeah, be? Yeah, I, I feel yeah. So I the second ya. he goes into this place with this Zach guy, he sees the Dibbit box. I don't think he even touched the Dibbit box. They yeah. were saying that it was transferred through Zach, which is another element to it. But of course, because he believes so strongly, anything bad that happens then... It's going to be blamed on... That's the Dibbit box. Yeah. Naturality is just fucking life. Shit happens. (laughs) (laughs) And because you're such a celebrity and you're doing things like going on private jets and fucking driving expensive fast cars. It's more likely to happen. Yeah. And that's fair. And it's it's portrayed again when uh, the rabbi says to wrap the box in another gold lined box. Yeah. And instantly. It's all right though for Post Malone because he's got fucking 10 gold boxes just sitting in his His teeth have probably got enough to line 20 (laughs) boxes. Like The ghost can't get to him the moment of gold he's got. He's fine. (laughs) All them chains keep him protected, The Dibbick's problem was that he got in and he couldn't get out because he's he's lined up with so much jewellery. He's like, fuck, I'm I'm stuck in a millionaire's body. Oh, dang. It's just like a fucking gold seal around him. (laughs) No, I didn't think that was going to fucking change your opinion. But we haven't ventured down mythology. Great story. Great place to start with mythology. As said, myths, probably not the best thing to to sway me. I, I'm pretty sure myth is a synonym of not real. <laughs> <laughs> Fake. So made true. up. <laughs> fuck me. Um, but yeah. I, but it's content, so fuck yourself. Yeah, it's, it's a great story. <laughs> right. 
Moving on. Moving on. I'm not even a little butt hurt by that. I was more butt hurt by the, some of the other series <laughs> that poo But we are going to report on a close friend of ours, Aiden, has sent in his story about his experiences with the paranormal. I believe this was when he was roughly around 15. He gets nothing out of telling this story rather than, other than just getting his word across. And um, fun fact, his biggest fear is witches. Instantly, don't believe the story. <laughs> Not just any what? witch. What is green that? witches. What is there to fear? How many green witches have you seen in your life? Well, Halloween was just a couple of days ago, so. But no, yeah, I always, I always rip piss out of him for that. Like, I'll be out of nowhere and I'll just send him the witch from fucking Wizard of Oz. Amazing. <laughs> He's scared of the witch from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, petrified. Sorry for outing you on the fucking podcast. We're off to see the wizard. <laughs> Morning, bro. Uh, I got a spare five minutes at work, so I'm gonna quickly record my little, st- well, my family story, because it's not just me that is affected. It's also my mum and my two little sisters. So, so going back when I was 15 years old, uh, living in Chaddle Saint Mary, um, it all started off. I remember getting ready to go to school, and my two youngest sisters, I think they were like three and five three and five years old and the eldest one stevie she started talking about um, a lady coming to visit her in the evenings and me and mum just put it down to you know just her imagination she's a kid um you know what kids do they've got a big imagination and then she started describing a lady you know she described she she had a, a strange accent uh she was quite short fat and round um, and she was really really kind and um, but she had a god awful smell to her right quite fat <laughs> round god awful smell oh man oh, right, this turns so out sh- to be one of their family members <laughs> so, he's so straight to the point this, don't is give the, this is the harshest thing you've ever said to a ghost <laughs> You're quite fat, quite round, quite fat, quite you smell round. bloody awful. Got gravitational pull around you, you <laughs> fat. Your Patronus is a cake, you fat cunt. <laughs> so, so far, Aiden's telling us about his sister, who seems to be sensitive, like we've said about kids before. Yeah. And at a younger age, they're a lot more innocent and a lot more open-minded. Um, it's so weird. As a father, do you think, oh, what if my... Like what what happens if my daughter starts? I'm gonna let you in on something, right? So Dee's mum, she passed away. Yeah. Uh years and years ago before we had her Erin. Uh-huh. And her her mum's urn is in Erin's bedroom because we, we just we live in a flat, we've got nowhere to put it. about a year ago, so Erin's in bed, we hear nothing out of her, and then out of nowhere, Erin will start laughing, like hysterical laughing, like someone's playing or tickling yeah. her or something. And we both be sat there just like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? But I, I honestly believe that it's either her mum or her uncle that also passed yeah. before she was born. So, yeah, so you're waiting for the day that she can talk and sort of say... say I hope she never talks. <laughs> I, hope she- <laughs> I hope she never talks so she can never tell me about the ghost living in my spare bedroom. Now. Later on, my mum mentioned that uh, basically, so her nan, Nanny Vera... Before she died, she had like really bad gout and had loads of problems. 
you know, she's an old biddy, had loads of problems going on with her. And my mum, after school, she would um, rub this, like, lotion on her legs to, like, help her gout. I don't know uh, what this lotion was. I can't remember the name of it. But mum was saying they don't really make this stuff anymore. Um, and it smelt horrible. A bit like um, deep heat. You know, that, that, that rancid, horrible deep heat smell. Um, and obviously the funny accent would have been like my mum, she's from Liverpool. So that explains the funny accent. Man, I hope, like, if ghosts are real, I hope when you die, it's like, if I haven't had a fucking shower that day. <laughs> oh, could you I imagine? for the rest of time. Imagine dying on the bog oh, and before you get to white and you've got to travel the world of the fucking dead smelling like shit. Yeah, he's a... All the this, ghosts like, oh, fucking here comes, don't wipe your bum as I fucking... This guy <laughs> keeps... This- Guy keeps visiting me at night, and I think he's a ghost, and it keeps going. Oh, this is fucking Elvis! <laughs> Elvis he fucking stinks oh. of poo, man. This ghost stinks of poo. He's got That's blue so... suede shoes on. <laughs> Don't, you can't step on him. Don't... Yeah, he gets <laughs> real mad. And <laughs> anyway, long story short, I was 15 years old, and I used to live in Channel St Mary, but I, I grew up. Well, I went to school in East Tilbury, so a lot of my friends lived in East Tilbury. So when I was playing out in East Tilbury, I would walk across the farmer's fields to get back to Chadwell St. Mary. And um, I remember it was a summer's night and it must it was just past midnight and it was a full moon. I remember it being a full moon because the farmer's fields were lit up and you could see all around you. Um, and on my route, from East Tilbury to Chadwell St. Mary, to the right of me, there's like a big wood block. And then there's like a little factory beyond beyond the uh, woods. And then to the left of me, is just all farmer's fields. And then in front of me, in the distance, you could see uh, Chadwell Flats. There's three massive big tower block flats. And the, 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 the route is probably about, I would say about four miles, about four miles, maybe five miles. It would take about, I don't know, 50 minutes to walk it, 50 minutes to an hour to walk it. Anyway, it was about midnight, one o'clock-ish in the morning, and uh, I was walking back, and at this point, I wasn't drunk, I wasn't stoned, uh, you know, I was a totally sober state of mind. And uh, so I'm walking, and I just felt that I was being watched. I just felt that I was being watched, and I felt the only way to describe it, it was like, like pins and needles on my right shoulder. So after a night out, uh, I'm assuming doing what teenagers do back then. Which is just getting stoned no, and reading drinking. the Bible, Re- reading no. the Bible and praising the Lord. He says he's in a sober, uh, sober, So he's in a sober state of mind. Aiden is travelling home from East Hillbury, and I've done that walk myself, and it is a shitty walk. Aiden's a very open spiritual person, not to the point where he's like he doesn't have like the religious aspect aspect of it. He's just interested in it, and he he, okay. he does believe in it, but not to the point where he would. He's similar to me, where he thinks logical before thinking paranormal. Yeah, and I think that's good. At the moment, he's walking home. It's one a.m. full moon, and he's walking across farmers' fields. I'm not sure what time of year he said it was. Did he say it was summer? I think he said summer. So obviously, 
uh, depending on what time of summer the fields would have been cropped or they would still have growth or have you see so he's walking back Thanks to his for house. They, <laughs> they might be grown, they might not. <laughs> That's about as far as my knowledge of farming man. goes. <laughs> Jeez. I look over into the wood block and I could see this tall the only way to describe it, it was like a tall, stark silhouette. The closest thing I can describe it, it looked a bit like Slender Man, I'm not gonna lie. It was like a big tall silhouette couldn't see a face or anything like that or hands or shoes just a big tall silhouette and i mean it looked about seven foot tall eight foot tall like it was tall as fuck um and then i started to obviously get a bit nervous and i was telling myself you know it's just my imagination it's my imagination and i looked and it was gone and i thought nothing of it and then I felt this same weird sensation on the left side. And then I looked to my left and there it was. This silhouette was just in the farmer's field. So at this point, I'm, I started to get a bit of a power walk on. You know, how they, you know, it looks like you're shitting yourself. You're just power walking, starting to get a bit scared at this point. So Aiden's saying he's felt multiple times like a tingling on either shoulder. And at that time, he would turn around and see a silhouette of it looks to be a shape of a person seven to eight foot tall that's not a silhouette of any human i fucking know apart from yao ming um, <laughs> or shaquille o'neal that but, is andre the giant yeah, goes yeah. back again <laughs> but i mean what? this 1am uh this would be spooky shit for me and he, oh, said, yeah. he says he's he's picked up his pace a little bit, and I, I don't fucking blame him. Either. I as a, as a skeptic, even like just walking down the field on your own, you're gonna feel at one a.m. a bit fucking scared. Yeah, and I, I mean, think you that will be would, spooked. Although he thinks he's seen these silhouettes, that would definitely play your mind would play tricks on you. So he's reassuring himself that there's nothing paranormal going on. He's saying this is all your imagination. Is so he's getting himself back into a good headspace. You know that's depending on the sort of person you are, that might be enough to calm you and set your brain straight. He's in a sober state of mind, so he has a bit more control. But even still, personally, in that, in that situation, there's no calming me down. <laughs> no, me neither, The man. first time I see that silhouette, I'm off. Oh, power walking. I'd be sprinting. You know what I mean? I'm turning on the burners, mate. Sprint, I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of there. Full Naruto running. <laughs> yeah, away 100%. From that shit. And at this point, I'm already a bit freaked out and really fucking nervous and I'm just like shit I need to get home so I start power walking and I'm walking faster and all of a sudden I just felt this weird sensation down my back and again I was I was completely completely sober at this point and I looked behind me and there was this figure but this time it wasn't seven foot eight foot tall it was a lot shorter and it was right behind me I mean like maybe 200 meters away size of i don't know a football pitch maybe two football pitches away and at this point i just absolutely shit my pants like i was just consumed by fear and i just i've never ran so fast in my life i ran all the way home at this point i was like i don't know it must have had about three miles left of my journey home across the farmer's fields i sprinted the whole way without stopping and as i get to the house all the lights are off. But I noticed in the front room, there was a bit of a, an orange glow 
So I've opened the front door, shut the door. Normally, at this point, my dog would be greeting me, uh, Oswald, but he wasn't there. And I'm thinking, what's what's going on? And then the the front room, the, the the door in the front room was shut as well. So I've opened the front room, and there I see my mum and my dog wrapped around a blanket with the fire on. And my mum, she looked a bit pale in the face, and she looked a bit uneasy herself. And Straight away, she said to me, like, are you okay? You, you you look a bit, you know, a bit spooked. And I explained what happened. And she said, look, Aid, you're obviously big enough now. And I, I, I haven't, basically, she didn't want to scare me. And she said, basically, she's been getting visits from her nanny Vera. And that day, she actually went to go see a, um, like, a lady. I forget her name now. I think she's quite famous around, like, the Essex area. But anyway, she went for a reading that day or that evening, and she said, you're, you're, you're someone close is gonna come visit. And she's been close to you for a very long time since she's passed, but she's gonna make herself vis visible. And at that point, obviously, I, I was petrified. I didn't feel, even though I knew it was, you know, a family member, I've never met her. But I was like, holy fuck, this is scary, you know? And my mum, even though normally she would find it quite comfort comforting, knowing that her nan's around her, but even she was spooked because she saw her that evening, maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes before I walked through the door. And I obviously explained to my mother what I experienced. And again, I was 15 years old. I wasn't drinking, I wasn't smoking. I was in a complete sober state of mind. So after returning home, after like sprinting three miles, Aiden gets home, sees his mum curled up with Oswald, a uh, big old German shepherd. The family had been to a medium and she was, she was told that they would be contacted by a family member that's always been with them and they were going to make their presence known. What I can't understand is why the fuck would she choose to let herself be seen <clears throat> at 1am <laughs> in the middle of a fucking farmer's field. Bro, ghosts don't have concept of time. What are you talking about? Time's time's linear. Bro, but why would you make yourself eight foot tall? <laughs> Maybe Try and make yourself a bit approachable. Just like, oh, it's just me, round old nanny Vera. <laughs> round old nanny Vera, Jesus Christ. Uh, if I, you know what I mean, if this is real and I come back as a ghost... And I can't sculpt myself like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> and I'm stuck in this body. Brother, there's an issue. I'm speaking to HR in the ghost land. Someone's sorting that out for me. I, just, I love how, how it's all fallen into place, though. Like, Aiden's got home and his mum's experienced something as well. Yeah. My only um, query on the matter would be, and this is just playing devil's advocate, of course, if Aiden had heard this from his sister, maybe the mum had heard it from the sister and it's put it both in their minds. Not obviously Nanny Vera, but someone. Obviously, the daughter hasn't said Nanny Vera completely, but she's given this description or whatever and it's put two and two together or something like that. Yeah. There's a lot of smelly people out there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, my mum says that whenever she gets quotation visits from my great nan, 
Um, she smells her perfume. Our senses are so strong, man. Like mm. they're so related to things. You know, if you smell something, sometimes it will take you back to a memory that you yeah. totally forgot that you had. And does that does the brain also play a part? Play a part because the brain obviously it stores so much information. Can it store smells? So when you are feeling at your most vulnerable or something like that, can it bring that smell yeah. in? as a comforting factor. I'm sure it can. And we know things like if someone's having a stroke, they often <coughs> tend to smell burnt toast. toast and things like that that isn't there. Yeah. So we know that the brain has the capability to bring smells to the forefront of our minds. Yeah. So maybe... But I, th- I think it's, it's quite odd that, I mean, the child wouldn't be able to reference the smell oh, to no, for sure. that particular smell to but she said didn't. person. She just said, she just said she very, smelly. Yeah. <laughs> very smelly. Very <laughs> smelly. <laughs> bad smell no but I, yeah, as I say I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah it, it, it's, it's a fair it's point really, to um, make we've got to explore both sides but it is a great story and, and they're both as you say like the coincidence is, is real strong yeah but what I don't understand from this experience like my own experience is I saw a tall silhouette like a tall shadow seven foot eight foot tall yet my nanny Vera she was a short fat woman you know so i've never understood that but i've had other uh scenarios where i've crossed paths with spirits and it's always been the same like it's always been tall dark silhouettes like another situation where every year on halloween bit of a cliche i know but there's a in east tilbury there's a an old fort called coal house fort and every year there'll be a, like a halloween costume competition and this one year, I actually won it. My, I was dressed up as a mummy. I must have only been about eight years old. And I'll always, always remember driving home through East Tilby Village. On the right-hand side, there was an old church. This, this church doesn't exist anymore. They ended up demolishing it, and they built a house there. On the way home from this, you know, fancy dress Halloween costume party at the fort, I saw standing at the church this big, tall black silhouette and I didn't say nothing and my older brother it wasn't to a couple of days after he mentioned it and then that's when I heard my mum say I saw it too like she was driving she saw it too but don't tell Aiden because you'll scare him because he's only a little sort of thing so that's another experience where I've seen a tall silhouette so I don't understand why these spirits I've, I've, I've encountered are tall slender man looking you know i don't understand it where my sister the way she was describing nanny vera was short fat almost as if she was describing an actual person well i've never actually seen an actual i've seen spirits but i've never actually seen people it's always been silhouettes you know like like you can see a body of a person but you don't see their arms you don't see their legs or, or a face it's just a, just a silhouette it's, yeah, it's, it's very booky indeed. Can I just say, if um, Nanny Vera didn't haunt them back then, after calling her fat <laughs> and smelly about oh, five times, he, she's definitely haunting your he ass He don't now. hold his punches, does he? <laughs> God damn. But, I mean, great story from Aiden. Oh, it's great. Yeah, really good. Had um, the creepy factor. You, you you set the scenes well, Aiden. And I like, yeah, that there's multiple people sort of seeing the same thing or at least experiencing something that's very yeah. similar. And I've, even though what he saw, like he says, he doesn't understand why he saw a tall, skinny silhouette when his mum saw fat, smelly, fat, round, fat. smelly <laughs> Nanny Vera. 
Um, oh, she's haunting you, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> she's getting you, Aiden. <laughs> I don't know how the spirits make themselves known, or I don't Who know does? if it's if they can choose how they're seen or, or what, but, I mean... If that ain't Nanny Vera, mate, you've got some fucking real problems. <laughs> um, I'm coming back as Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I told you. <laughs> Bald head and all. But no, thank you so much, Aiden. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that was and a great I story, know, dude. I know he's told me a few more. Oh, we get to hear, yeah, more stuff. I will Because he did and say tie. about seeing other spirits, didn't he? He said about seeing Yeah, I mean, just a quick... I won't give you a quick rundown, actually, because we might be able to get it for Let's another episode. Let's use it for another episode. Yeah, but he, he's... And he's a great fucking storyteller. Yeah, Aiden. really. He good. always has been. But yeah, thank you so much, Aid. He's a long time. Well, not long time because we haven't been going that long. <laughs> but day one fan of day the podcast. Day one listener, so baby. We love that. And that just sends a message to all of you other listeners. If you do have a paranormal event or story. memory or story, whatever, you can send it in to us. At from the word ghost at gmail.com or. You can send us a little Instagram DM. Now, last time you did this really creepy. <laughs> Sliding them DMs. Oh, much better. Behave Slide yourself. It. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. back. No, it's never coming back. <laughs> but that is going to do it from us at From The Word Ghost. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Let's next see. week, we've got a special one. We're going to be going and doing a sub... Uh, next week, we've got a special... <laughs> oh, fucked up. <laughs> and next week, we're going to do... Shit, I fucked up as well. <laughs> we need to get better sensory, at signing out. Sensory deprivation slash flotation tank. So we'll be explaining a bit about what that is on the beginning of next week's episode. And then we're actually going to go and do a sublimation tank, see what our experience is with it, see if we experience something paranormal or if it's just a I'm really nice time. so fucking excited <laughs> yeah, to try it too, out. Dude. It's going to be a really good episode. So if you've got any questions about it, if there's anything you want to know about it, any stories about sublimation tanks or any like sensory deprivation things, email us, message us, and we'll carry it you forward to the next to episode. Send it. This has been AJ and Jamie from From The Word Ghost. Come back next week and we will continue to explore the unknown together. Good night. Good night.